I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Luke. Yes, if you would turn to the book of Luke. I'm going to ask you to stand if you would. It is a good scene. Latouris, is that your relative in the back over there? You don't know him? He said he, he, said he don't know you, man. That is so, that is so wrong. <laughs> he, he just said, I don't know him. <laughs> that's, that's your first cousin. <laughs> he was here last week, too. I saw you. <laughs> Lord, we thank you for the word. Bless. We honor you, and we pray that you will be lifted up. Thank you for our dear friend who's been able to visit um, Jerusalem for the past three months. Thank you for the experience. I want to thank you for Gee today and for what you're doing. Now we're praying that, God, we will work out the housing situation. It's been a long time. God, we're praying right now that you will give guidance and, Lord, provide a place to be. We honor you today. We thank you today. And even God through homelessness, he can still be in Bible study on Tuesday. And we're grateful to you for your goodness. Now we lift him up today and pray that you'll give us wisdom and insight in the best way to help. We give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. You may be seated for the moment. I may have you stand as I read, but I, I'm going to be doing a lengthy reading, so I may, I may allow you to sit. Sister Florence, it's a very nice day. She just said it's a nice day. <laughs> In your Bibles, turn to chapter 1. We're going to read the first 38 verses. Um, of chapter 1, Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 1. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything, From the beginning, it seemed good also to me to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well along in years. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer, excuse me, your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled, he will be filled 
with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God, and he will go down, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. The angel answered, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their proper time. Meanwhile the, meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. Verse 23. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. In the sixth month, in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. As a title, I've given an unexpected guess. An unexpected guest. The priestly division of Abijah. What I'm going to do right now, actually, I want you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Chronicles. I'm going to read that and tie this into what we just read. So turn in your Bibles to 1 Chronicles. Chapter 24, the first six verses, first five verses I'll read. First Chronicles, chapter 24, beginning in verse number one. First Chronicles in the Old Testament. These were the divisions of the sons of Aaron. The sons of Aaron were Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar. But Nadab and Abihu died before their father did. And they had no son. So Eliezer and Ithamar served as the priests with the help of Zadok, a descendant of Eliezer, and Ahimelech, a descendant of Ithamar. David separated them into divisions for their 
appointed order of ministering. A larger number of leaders were found among Eliezer's descendants than among Ithamar's. And they were divided accordingly. Sixteen heads of families from Eliezer's descendants and eight heads of families from Ithamar's descendants. They divided them impartially by drawing lots, for they were officials of a sanctuary and officials of God among the descendants of both Eliezer and Ithamar. Priestly division of Abijah. The service of the temple was divided into 24 divisions. We get that from Chronicles 16 and 8. And each provided for the needs of the temple. They were on duty for one week, two times a year. But during the major religious feast, there were three feasts that God said that all of the males are to go to Jerusalem or to appear before me. Feast of Passover, Pentecost, the Feast of Tabernacles. During these three feasts, all of the divisions served. But throughout the year, the divisions were selected, and out of those divisions, one of the priests was chosen to serve at the temple. This is where we come to in the book of Luke that Zechariah has been chosen from the division out of Aaron. He's been chosen of Abijah. Now, I'm going to give this. I was going to give it later, but let me give this now. There were between eighteen to 20,000 priests based on the division, and they were selected by lot, and it was very orderly that came from the ordering of David, and so it was the priest out of that division of which they were a part of, out of that 24, one of them would be chosen to serve, and it was a great honor. There were about 1,000 or up to 1,000 divisions in each one. Some had 800, some did, but in that division, one priest was chosen for that week to serve. And the people then would pray outside. Now, this is where we find Zechariah. His division has been chosen by Lot. And out of the division of Abijah, Abijah, Zechariah is the one that's been chosen. Now, understand this. It was not by accident. But it was by divine design that Zechariah is the one that's chosen. God took, extra, God took extraordinary care to ensure that every detail of his glorious plan was not left to chance. But overseen by his great and awesome power. I think we oftentimes tend to miss that what God did in and through redemptive history was for our good. All that is working out is that God will be glorified and that we are the recipients of his blessings. God did a miraculous thing through the course of history and chose us to be the heirs of what he was doing. So don't ever think you are a cosmic heir. 
Don't ever think that you were put here or flung here by accident. The Lord planned this thing, and He planned it through His divine planning. Point number one. It was not an accident that Zechariah was on duty. That's point one. It was not an accident that Zechariah was on duty. You find that in Luke 1, 1 through 25. It is Luke who has the most detailed account of the events leading up to Jesus' birth and the birth of Jesus. Luke starts by saying, I I have investigated everything very, very carefully. I have paid attention to the details to make sure that I am recording accurately of the things that have transpired. He said, there have been many that have written up accounts, and, and I too thought it would be important for me to write an orderly account to you, O most excellent Theophilus. Theos, God. And when you look at Theophilus' name, it means friend of God or one who loves God. As I mentioned, 1 Chronicle 24 gives the detail of the order. It was the priest's job during the week, their week of service to go into what was called the holy place. There were two places in the temple specifically, the holy place and the most holy place. In the most holy place, the priest went one time a year, and he didn't enter that place without blood. The priest priest had to be very careful because if they went into that most holy place and weren't prepared, they died right there. They would tie a rope to their ankle. They didn't respond after a certain time. Pull them on out. They didn't make it. Pull them out. Pull them out. Pull them out. You don't just come into God's presence any old kind of way as if he's not a holy and most great God? God is awesome. God is powerful. It was the priest's responsibility to enter the kingdom of God, the temple of God, in the right way. Now, as the selection is made for the priest to minister, the, the, those that would gather would be on the outside of the temple praying. Because only the priest could enter the holy place. And for that week of service, they would go into the temple to offer incense. They did it twice a day, in the morning and the evening. You'll find that in Exodus chapter 30, verses 7 and 8. The incense, the incense, that fragrant incense that that would go up unto the Lord. So the incense that would rise would also be joined with the prayers of those on the outside unto the Lord as a most holy, pleasing aroma in the presence of God. And so the priest is ministering and the people are praying. And that offering is going up before the Lord. Now, When the priest is in here ministering, it was his responsibility. Let me just say this. There there was the high priest and there was the priest. But then there were uh, those that were in charge of the temple where their job was to 
oversee the service. They would get things ready. Now, as Zechariah is in this temple preparing, the Bible says that as he's carrying out his responsibility, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. And the Bible makes note of the place where he stands. He is standing on the right side of the altar. Now, when the angel appears, he does not tell him his name. But when Zechariah sees him, great fear sees him, and he says, fear not. Isn't it wonderful that when we can come into the presence of God, he can say, fear not. I told you all before that when people say, I have have my angel with me today. See, he, and, and, and. If your angel appeared before you and you drove here, you will be back in your car driving 120 miles an hour down the road to get away. Your hair on your head would stand up. It would. You would not be in this temple. You would run. You would get out of here. The angel's words, fear not, are words of comfort. Now let me say this. A thought just came to my mind. You remember Balaam, the donkey, and Balaam. I don't know what Balaam's donkey's name was. It doesn't give that in the Bible. But he had a, Ronnie said his name was Donkey. (laughs) (laughs) But when the angel appeared before Balaam, there was no fear not. There was a drawn sword. When the Lord says fear not, you can take relief and go, because God has blessed you to be in his presence. It wasn't like some people saying, hey, 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 look at there, Martha. There's another angel in the place here today. No, no, no. That is not the case. Another angel just popped up, Martha, over there. No. When we look at this angel that's standing there, fear gripped Zechariah. And he's on the right side, which is the side of blessing when you look at God's side. When you think about Jesus, when he went back to heaven, he sat down at the right side of the Lord. In the judgment, when we stand before the Lord, it's those on the right side where the Lord will say, will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Come, and those on the left that will be cast into everlasting destruction. The right side. So it's interesting to note that the angel appears on the right side of the altar, the side of blessing. God has no problem fulfilling his promise. Now, verse 13 in the text, uh, it, it states that the angel said to him, Do not be afraid. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. Now, The Bible has made very clear that Zechariah and Elizabeth are old. 
Elizabeth is well past the age of childbearing. But when the angel appears to her, he says, Zechariah, your prayers have been answered. Now, it, it brings to mind something very interesting. I don't necessarily believe that Zechariah was still praying for a child, but I believe that this was a prayer long ago that he no longer was praying. It, it was one of those prayers years ago. And that he had now long forgot since they were past the childbearing age. And the Bible makes note they were old and well advanced in years. But the angel says, Zechariah, in the present tense, the Lord has heard your prayers. Makes no difference if you've been praying for something for ten years. And you've forgotten about it. God has a way of remembering what you prayed for, and in His time, He can bring it to pass. It says, I've heard your prayers. No matter what you've forgotten, God never forgets. And He's able to fulfill that which He said He would do. Zechariah, your prayers have been heard. What you prayed before, you're going to have a son. I can imagine. Huh? Abraham got in trouble by trying to help the Lord. Go and get my servant girl Hagar and have a child. The Lord has taken too long. So we're going to help him out. Instead he's going to give me a child, have a child to her, she'll become problems ever since. Ever since there has been problems. That was not the thing to do. We're still paying the consequences today. God does not have a problem fulfilling His promise. Now Gabriel then says, when Zechariah says, how can this be? He says, do you know who I am? My name is Gabriel. And I want you to know something, Zechariah. I came to give you good news. I stand in the presence of the Almighty God. And I get my directions directly from Him. He's the one that sent me to you to tell you this. Because you didn't believe, you're not going to be able to speak. Nor, I believe, hear. Until this comes to pass. Comes to pass. Now, the people on the outside that were praying had got done, had finished, had ended their prayer, saying, okay, we prayed long enough. He should be out. And I know that questions started going through their mind. And saying, what's taking him so long? Because it said it. Why is he in this so long? I wonder, did they think, did something happen to him? Is, is, is he really okay in there? You see, if you spend a lot of time with the Lord, people are going to start thinking, are you okay? 
They're going to question, are you really okay? You seem to spend a lot of time with the Lord. You okay? None of them were, would, would dare to venture in. They're not going to go in, but they're wondering, is he coming out? And when he exits, the Bible makes note, he cannot speak. He is unable to talk. I can imagine that some were thinking, well, maybe since this time of being in the, in the, uh, uh, the, the temple, and this would basically be a one-time shot for him, he's taking it all in. You see, see, his, if his division is serving and he's been selected, he's saying, I'm going to only get this chance one time. I'm going to enjoy this while I can. So maybe that's why he's taken so long in there. But they realized that when he came out of there and couldn't speak, that he had seen a vision. It, it, was, it was the angel Gabriel that gave him the word. Now, as I mentioned, there are two angels specifically that's mentioned in the Bible by name. That's Gabriel and Michael. Now we know that God knows all the angels by name. But these two are mentioned in Scripture. When we think of God's awesomeness, and God's great power. You know, I, I, I get overwhelmed as I digress just for a moment here. I, I've, been, I've been thinking, for people who believe that we have just popped on the scene, or have, through trial and error, finally reached this condition, this status, this, this life that we have, the thing that I always just kind of contemplate when doctors have to be very tedious in their studies of the body and, 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 and learn how to, for those surgeons, learn how to cut and learn just what to do. Why does there have to be such precise learning and teaching if we're here by accident? Kind of just thrown together somehow. Why would there need to be detailed information about how to care for the body? If there is, if we're only here by chance, it would reason that it wouldn't take any type of special learning or knowledge to work on the body. So anybody could do it. I need surgery tomorrow. Brother George, could you help me out? Little Marcus, you think you can use a scalpel okay tomorrow? I don't think so. <laughs> so these are the types of thoughts that go through my mind sometimes. And as I look at this, I then look at this vast world that God made. And see how the world is just awesome. And God said that we're just, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. And look how God orchestrates everything. And then I come to this passage here. And look, out, look at how 18,000 priests on division that at the right time that Zechariah goes, 
that Zachariah is chosen is that he's the relative, or his wife Elizabeth is the relative of Mary, who's to be the mother of Jesus at this, at this time in the birth. Just, just the details. It lets me know that God is overseeing all of this. And when we look at our life, and you think somehow that God doesn't see, he does. When you become discouraged and think that my prayers have not been heard, God has already orchestrated the answer. The question now is for you is, will you believe when it comes? Or will you like Zacharias says, how can that be? We were in our prime back in the day. We are now too old and she is well past the childbearing age. It's too late. It will happen. And when it does, and you do this, then know that the word was true from the very beginning. In the passage, two names are given. Given the name John. And then when Jesus is going to come to Mary, or when the angel comes to Mary, give him the name Jesus. It is the Lord who is orchestrating this. It is obedience that opens the doors of opportunity for you. It is disobedience that closes the door. If you want to have the doors of God open to you, obey. The Bible says that when he came to the end of his week, the Bible says that they went back home to the hill country and Elizabeth became pregnant. And she was in seclusion for five months. Not because she was sick, but because she thinking, my goodness, what's happening? And it was now in the sixth month that the, Ab- gave, that the angel Gabriel goes to Nazareth. He's again dispatched by God, and the Lord says, Now I want you to go to Nazareth. And there is a young girl there. And this is what point number two is, and I'm going to just take a couple of minutes, we're done. And I'll pick up here next week because we want to see the birth of Jesus. Point number two quickly is Mary is Jesus' chosen mother. I think there's a song something like that goes like that. Mary is Jesus' chosen mother. And it says in verse 26, In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. Now, I wasn't going to say this, but let me just say this now. Pledged to be. There were two aspects to marriage. There was the... Well, there's the actual marriage, but there's the betrothal. There's the time of the engagement. It was the responsibility of the groom's father to go to the bride's father and to request his daughter for the son. The daughter didn't oftentimes have a lot to say in that. There's a price that was paid for the bride because she's now going to be taken from the father. He's going to, first of all, lose his daughter and then the service of his daughter. So there's a price that's paid. But there is a legal binding agreement in this betrothal. There is a binding agreement so that when one is engaged, there is a letter or a signed agreement that occurs. You had to be divorced 
to break an engagement. It's called a divorce. You just don't say, I don't want to go with you no more. I'm breaking up. No, it was a binding agreement. Joseph was engaged to Mary. They had completed the first step that she was to be married. Now, now we're going to get to this next week, but let me just say this. The angel Gabriel goes to her. She is a teenager. Some think that she was in between, between the ages of 13 and 15. Young. Look what it says. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. Now, why would Luke say a town in Galilee? Because Luke is writing to individuals who may not necessarily know the history. So even though the Jewish people would have known this, uh, uh, he mentions Nazareth is a town in Galilee for the reader that he's writing to, Theophilus. To a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. So, so Joseph is a descendant of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And then he says to her, look at this, greetings. Anytime you hear the word greetings from the Lord, you can go, oh, thank the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said greetings. <laughs> you know it's a good day when the Lord says greetings. The Bible says Mary was greatly troubled at his word and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said, don't fear. Do not be afraid. She was frightened too. Don't be afraid. Mary, listen, you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name. Look at this. God has given her the instruction just like he did to Zechariah. Give him the name Jesus. The name John means Yahweh has been gracious. The name John means Yahweh has been gracious. The name Yahweh in the Old Testament is the name Jehovah, the name Lord in the Old Testament. When you look at Matthew one twenty one, and he says, you will call him Jesus. Yeshua, in the, in, the, in, the, in the book of Matthew, Emmanuel, God with us. This is who the child is to be. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord, will God, the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. And this is interesting. How will this be? Now, when Mary asks this, it's not a matter of doubting. She's saying, how can this be? I am a virgin. And then he says, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. Now, the popular thing back in the day, many people are trying to say, some of the skeptics, that a Roman soldier had impregnated Mary. The Lord told her, the Holy Spirit's going to do this. And the Lord, you know what Mary says? So let it be. Amen, Lord. Let it be. Now, there's a completely different response from this young teenager than his old man, Zachariah. She's blessed and he's deaf. <laughs> oh. Where did she get that faith from? Highly favored. As a young person could, 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 could hear the words and say, So let it be. Do it, Lord. Do it. I'm a servant and I'll let you do this. I'll bear 
the Son, Jesus Christ. Man, that's something else. Life will never be the same for Mary. (laughs) And her life becomes one of intrigue and suspense as the Lord guides her and her husband Joseph through a constant maze of divine glory. Through all of the problems, through all of the trials, through everything that happened, God is directing their path. Isn't it wonderful to have God directing your path? You know, when people are outside of the will of God, you know it because they can't be settled. They're looking all over the place. Oh, Lord, what am I to do? But when you got God directing your path, it's the Lord, just let it be. I'm your servant. I wonder if we can say the same thing as Mary said. Lord, just let your will be done. Let your will be done in my life. I have had an unexpected guest that has given me a word. And says, you are going to bear a son. And listen to this, Mary. Your cousin Elizabeth, she's in her sixth month. She's pregnant. And she's like, what? (laughs) You kidding? And we're going to pick up there next week. Stand to your feet. Lord, in this place today, we thank you for the privilege of your word. We thank you that, Lord, we can have... The word and the word that never fails will help us, lead us, guide us. Um, And we can trust you, Lord. We want to hear the words of fear not, blessings to you. Today we are praying that as we are in the presence of God, that we will understand and know that it is truly a blessing. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. God bless you. Have a great day.